Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, and uh, I'm uh, pleased to tell you that uh, we have a full boat in here this morning. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's almost kind of strange because uh, lately we've had state legislators come in on every show. All the pro-gun folks have been showing up. And this morning we don't have any. Larry... Larry Whalen, by the way, is here from Modern Arms. Over at the Brown Station location. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's you know, it's, it's odd, isn't it? It is. Well, we can get them back in here. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've you actually know, heard from... Busy a couple, schedules, but we, we, can, we can accommodate them whenever they're available. I've heard from a couple of other uh, state legislators, and uh, they're interested in coming in, too. Good. I think it's great for the uh, Second Amendment community to know who is in their corner. Yeah, who's on their side. Absolutely. Yeah. What's going on with class? What do you got going? Well, October 19th, um, we've got a handgun class. It's our last one for the year. It'll be running from about 9 a.m. until well after dark, shooting at night. So that's at Green Valley. We've got a couple of seats left. Just find me at actiontac.com or on Facebook at actiontac, and uh, let's get you in the class. Actiontac.com. Uh, and uh, you're, you're doing night shooting. Yeah. I always thought the bad guy only showed up during the day, and he had little circles around him. Well, it's easier to film the, the movies during the day, so they just typically don't do the ones at night. All right. Well, um, that's, um, that's good to know. Uh, is this the one for uh, all women, or that one's already done? The one for all women is done. That was a glorious success. Um, there's some good video of a couple of night evolutions. If you go to uh, Action Tech's uh, Facebook page, You'll see uh, Anastasia running uh, multiple threats with different uh, lighting techniques with the handgun. Neat. Kind of things you got to know. You got to practice right. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you carry a purse, it's great to be able to shoot with one hand. Gary, that was for you. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Wayland has gone out of business now, and he's no longer going to be heard on the program. All right, uh, coming up on uh, today's program, we're going to talk a little bit about the federal court and some of the bizarre legal theories uh, the NRA says that they are engaged in to take away your Second Amendment rights. Uh, there's a piece of town hall, widespread ignorance. Americans wrongly believe most gun deaths in the United States are homicides and mass shootings. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods, guilty of the ultimate stupid, not illegal, but certainly stupid, uh, MSNBC, well, they had an anti-gun rally in Lost Wages, Nevada. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, also, uh, on this morning's program, um, in fact, we're going to kick off with this. Uh, Dr. Walter E. Williams, uh, he's a br great columnist. He's a brilliant economist, and he uh, is a constitutionalist. And he was recently here in Missouri and uh, gave a talk, and among other things, they talked about the Second Amendment. Uh, let me uh, reach out and say thank you to Mike Ferguson, because Mike is the one who uh, gave me the link to this. So, uh, without further ado, and Brian, did we get this right to the Second Amendment, or did you get his opening? His opening. His, his opening. Tale. All right, so you're going to get a little bit more than just the uh, gun thing. The gun thing happens when he sits down to ask questions, the Second Amendment piece. But it's still good for people who uh, uh, believe in the Second Amendment to understand the Constitution. So here Thank he is. Thank you all for coming out tonight. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, we're going to talk about the Constitution, um, and we're going to also talk about the legitimate role of government in a free society, which is uh, about our Constitution. Now, in the course of the few introductory remarks that I'm going to make, uh, 
I'm going to say some things that may sound mean, uncaring, politically incorrect, uh, but, but, <clears throat> but should we have an opportunity to ask questions, uh, you need not feel as though you owe me any undue courtesy because I'm your guest. Uh, raise hard questions. Don't worry about embarrassing me. I am unembarrassable. <laughs> <clears throat> the only way you could possibly embarrass me is suggest that I wasn't pretty good in basketball. <laughs> and that's a matter of ethnic pride that I take seriously. <laughs> um, a major justification for the growth of government far beyond what the founders envisioned for us was to promote fairness and justice. That's a worthy goal, but we might also ask, well, what is fairness and justice? What is the legitimate role of government in a free society? Let me spend a few moments discussing what the founders and the framers of the United States Constitution saw as the legitimate role of government. And to do that, let's turn to the rule book that they gave us, namely the United States Constitution. Most of what the founders saw as the legitimate role for the federal government is found in Article One, Section Eight of the United States Constitution. And I urge you to read Article One, Section Eight of the United States Constitution to see what the framers of the Constitution gave the powers that the framers of the Constitution gave to the United States Congress. Let me just briefly uh, quote sections thereof of Article I, Section 8 of the United States Constitution. It says, Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises, to pay the debts, and provide for the common defense and the general welfare of the United States. The framers of the Constitution also authorized Congress to borrow money on the credit of the United States, to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with Indian tribes, to coin money. Congress has the power to coin money to establish post office and post roads, and to raise and support armies. The framers of the Constitution granted Congress taxing and spending authority for these and a few other activities. Namely, if you just count what uh, Congress is authorized to do in the uh, Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution, the so-called the enumerated powers, it turns out that Congress is authorized to do 22 things. Now, nowhere in the Constitution do we find authority for Congress to tax and spend 
for up to three quarters of what Congress taxes and spends today. In other words, there is no constitutional authority for crop subsidies, bank bailouts, food stamp, not to mention midnight basketball. <laughs> I think that we can safely say that we've made a significant departure from the constitutional principles of individual freedom and limited government that made us a rich nation in the first place. These principles of freedom were embodied in our, con in our nation through the combined institutions of private ownership of property and free enterprise. Now, through numerous successful attacks, private property and free enterprise are mere skeletons of their past. And Thomas Jefferson anticipated this when he said, and I'm quoting him, he said that the natural progress of things is for government to gain ground and for liberty to yield. And one of the best ways of looking at how government is gaining ground and liberty yielding is to look at what Congress has done to taxation and spending. And Congress along with state and local governments as well. And let me just give you an idea of this. First, taxes represent government claims on private property. If government were to tax private property at 100%, it would confiscate private property. An even better measure of what Congress does is to look at what has happened to spending. In 1902, expenditures at all levels of government totaled $1.7 billion. The average taxpayer paid $60 in federal, state, and local taxes. In fact, from 1787 until 1925, federal expenditures were only 3% of the GDP, except during wartime. Today, federal expenditures are alone are over $4 trillion, or 25% of the GDP. State and local governments spend close to $3 trillion. And the average taxpayer today spends well over $10,000 a year in federal, state, and local taxes. And the reason why we're doing this, why we've, we've come to spending that much in, in government, is because we've left the Constitution. Uh, James Madison, who is the acknowledged father of the Constitution, he was trying to explain to the citizens of New York, he was trying to get them to ratify the Constitution, and uh, he and two other people, John Jay and, and Hamilton, wrote the Federalist Papers. And the Federalist Papers are written to try to convince the citizens of New York and elsewhere to ratify the Constitution because it was a difficult job getting the Constitution ratified. And in Federalist Paper 45, 
Madison explains to the people that the powers that we've given the federal government are few and well-defined and restricted mostly to external affairs. Those left with the people and the states are indefinite and numerous. All right. Uh, if you just turn the radio on, it is Gary on Guns, Dr. Walter E. Williams, talking about the Constitution. This is important because in the Constitution, uh, we have the Second Amendment right to own and bear arms. And he's going to talk about that aspect of it in just a couple of minutes. In the meantime, uh, we got Joe Gilbert in, actiontac.com. Uh, and then we got uh, modern... You can call me Larry Whalen today for Modern Arms. Is it Modern Arms? Brown Station location. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> but the right That's right. twice in one morning. He's really pushing it. Carry on guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is 24 minutes after the hour. Larry Whalen in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And then from Action Tactical, oh. Joe Gilbert is in. Yes. Yes. And uh, we're, uh, we started off this, uh, this morning uh, with an interview that happened here in Missouri with Walter E. Williams. He's talking about the Constitution. In a few minutes, he's going to get to the Second Amendment. But I thought, let's play the, the beginning, too, because I think it's an education for people. So, uh, back to Walter E. Williams. Now, if you turn that upside down, you have what we have today. The powers of the federal government are indefinite and numerous. And the powers of the people and the state are restricted and defined. And you can just see this if you ask yourself, what can you citizens do, you citizens of Missouri, do without federal government permission? It's very little that you can do. You can't even decide how many gallons of water to use in your toilet without federal permission. What speeds to drive in your highway and all other regulations uh, without getting government's uh, federal uh, permission. Now, what we want to do tonight, we want to talk about the Constitution, because many people just don't know what's in the Constitution, and they cannot appreciate how it's being taken away from us, how our liberties are being taken away from us. So, uh, Howard and I, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about this, we're going to uh, uh, address some questions about the United States Constitution, and hopefully, by the end of this evening, you walk away with a greater knowledge and even a greater respect for the greatness and, and, uh, and genius of the men who put together the United States Constitution. Howard? All right, so uh, now he's going to sit down, and this is where he gets into the Second Amendment. And, um, Brian, um, can we just jump right into that? I'm sorry? Oh, all right, all right, all right. So um, we don't want to hear him sitting down and ruffling papers and everything else. But I think, uh, you know, his understanding of the Constitution is is pretty solid, and the points he make are pretty good. And, Joe, it's, it, what he's essentially saying is we've turned the republic into a democracy, and uh, you know what happens when you have a democracy. People learn they can raid the till. Yeah, and it's mob rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically mob rule. Well, and it's so far away from what the framers intended. The you know our our government has grown to be this this 
overreaching Leviathan that, that just keeps sucking liberty away from us. And it's really frustrating. And and now we've got, you know, on the uh, in the Democratic debates, we've got outright socialists running uh, openly. Did you guys and, hear? And it's just it's, it's completely uh, it's shocking to me that that we're allowing this type of uh, of that, that apparently some people want this type of leadership. And, and it, it's frightening to me. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke yesterday's uh, oh, audio. We played it on the show. Bobby. <laughs> you know, we've got the, we've got these amendments to protect uh, uh, our rights, and freedom of religion is one of the you know cornerstones yeah. of how this country was created. And he said, and this is one of the dangers of big government and the income tax, that if a church or religious institution didn't promote gay marriage. He would take away their tax-exempt status. <laughs> that guy has absolutely no... Con he's never read the Constitution. There There's no way he's read the Constitution and can say things like that. That is ridiculous. Well, he has enough people that don't know any better. Back before I moved here in 2015, I was teaching at uh, three colleges in Louisiana, and countless time, times they would say, well, Obama was elected president. He could do whatever he wants. And they and yeah, they have they no really understanding of yeah. the Constitution, enumerated powers, nothing. The republic. See, that's that's a failure of public schools. You know, they're, well, they're, no, that's not a failure. Or, or a success story of yeah. public schools. It's not, it didn't happen by accident, Gary. Yeah, it's, it's been incremental since the 1950s yeah, and they, before, probably. They'll know how to put a condom on a cucumber, but they don't understand the Bill of Rights. Uh, the, the doctrine of enumerated powers, the Constitution itself. No history's taught, so you can't look back and go, oh, well, it, it, you know, socialism doesn't work anywhere on the globe. And the worst uh, problem of all is if you don't understand what your rights are, if you don't understand the benefits of liberty, then you don't know to defend them. Right. And if you don't know to defend them, it's easy to take them away. And that's what public schools have done. They've set us up for that kind of failure. Uh, Brian, are we, we're up against the news, and I think what we should do is come back and play the balance of this audio. Okay. Because now is when we get into the Second Amendment. And that comes up next on Gary on Guns. <laughs> Joe Gilbert in from Action Tactical. And then Larry Whelan is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Yeah. Every yeah. time I think of uh, Joe's last name, I want to... Ch There's a guy named Larry Gilbert. I don't know if you're familiar who... It's, it's different spelling, but it sounds the same almost. And I keep... I always think, well, Larry... No, it's not Larry. That's Larry. It's I'm Larry. Joe. Yeah. The other Larry. Yeah. It just happens. All right. If you just turn the radio on, uh, we have been uh, talking ab about uh, the Second Amendment and listening to Dr. Walter Williams... He was in Missouri, uh, and he was uh, at a university, a college, talking about the Constitution. And uh, he gave a, a kind of a brief overview of what the federal government should have the powers to do based on the Constitution. Now he sits down to answer questions, and the first one is about the Second Amendment. And uh, let's start with, uh, well, if any of you watched the Democratic uh, debate last night, uh, what is, what's the laughing for? Um, this next question, you, you may have heard that some topics came up. So I'd like to see uh, question number eight. So you've written that the Second Amendment is not about just hunting and protection against criminals. Mm -hmm. uh, what else is it about other than hunting and protection? 
And what do you believe is the limit to which the federal government can limit gun ownership? So what's the extent to which the federal government can restrict uh, gun ownership? Well, I, I anticipated a question like that. And so I just got some quotations from the founders. I mean, uh, who else would know why they gave us the Second Amendment? Okay, here's one from Alexander Hamilton. Quote, the best we can hope for concerning the people at large is that they be properly armed. James Madison, the Constitution uh, preserves the advantage of being armed, which Americans possess over people of almost every other country. Governments are afraid to trust the people with arms. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, what country can preserve its liberties if its rulers are not warned from time to time that the people preserve the right of, uh, preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. Um, Patrick Henry, the great object is that every man be armed. Everyone who is able may have a gun. The people, the, the founders were not talking about giving us weapons or allowing us to get, uh, giving us the Second Amendment so we can go deer and duck hunting. The founders were deathly afraid of government. That is, the founders' uh, the founders' vision was that government was the enemy of mankind almost all over the earth. And but, however, at the same time, they realized that we needed some government to protect people's uh, individual rights. And matter of fact, it was uh, Thomas Paine who said, government under the best of circumstances is a necessary evil, and under the worst of circumstances, an intolerable evil. And so uh, the, people who, the people who want to disarm Americans, we must ask them, I think we must ask them, after you take away our guns, what do you want to do with us? Because uh, this is what happened in Venezuela. Maduro took away all the guns. And then his thugs could just run rampant. Uh, and, and a lot of people say, well, w well, Williams, this cannot happen in America. Well, uh, it's, it's probably a fairly a low probability that it can happen in America, but we always must be on guard. And of course, you don't want uh, people having uh, bazookas, but the kind of weapons that they're talking about taking are, 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 are rifles. And, and in terms of, of murder, only 4% of homicides are done with rifles. The rest is done with pistols and knives and, and, uh, and battering people. Okay. So uh, another question was somewhat right. related. To That's, all right, so um, that was Dr. Walter E. Williams. And uh, he was talking about the, uh, the the whole point of the Second Amendment. You know, the only thing I disagreed with was the bazookas. I don't think the founding fathers would have a problem with you having a bazooka. You could own a cannon. Yeah, the, the cannons yeah. were in private ownership at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And the whole point, as he pointed out, was that the founding fathers were deathly afraid of big government. And they wanted you to have the capacity to uh, to defend yourself while protecting your liberty. And, you know, it, when, when we uh, overthrew the crown, when we got rid of Britain, uh, we had to struggle to get arms and ammunition. And you wouldn't think that they would want us to have that same struggle, uh, whether it's 50 years later or 200 years later. They would want us to be armed. 
Yeah, absolutely. To be and, ready. And, and they were absolutely talking about, the, the framers were talking about the, the weapons of war. Yes. Because basically all firearms by nature were developed for warfare purposes. You know, every, every design came out well, of I would argue the improvements a, might have had something to do with that. But, yeah. But you're, you know, people were hunting with... It, it is a multi-use tool. It's like the Swiss Army knife uh, of America. Uh, you could use it for self-defense. But all of that hunting. technology was was driven through through warfare development, and and you know to say that they didn't you know the framers didn't want us to have weapons of war is, is absolutely inaccurate. They had just fought the largest standing army on the globe with a ragtag group of citizens with weapons. You know the irony is they want to take the Second Amendment back in time. Yeah, you know, they were talking about muskets. Yeah, smooth well, muskets, muskets. single about, loader. Yeah, yeah. How about the First Amendment? Let's get rid of all this digital printing, the internet, TV. Yeah. Right? None of that's let's, protected. If, yeah, let's if, go if, back to the old press. Go back to the Gutenberg press. We only view the Second Amendment that way, not the rest of the country. Well, the, the people that want to take our guns are yeah, and they they want to take our liberties. Right. Yeah. And and they and just they continue to erode. Yeah. The the left always rely on political force to get whatever it is they want accomplished. Mm -hmm. And they're not afraid to use it. And the one thing that gets in their way is that we have an armed citizenry. Do you, do you remember that event? Where was it? Uh, I can't remember what state it was at where they were going to take this guy's property uh, and a bunch of uh, armed citizens. Oh, that was, was it Arizona? Or I, I, His I, ranch land, yeah. 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 I, I, I can't come up with the names but right now. But it, it drove the military, it drove the federal government back. Yes. Uh, and Not a shot was fired. And Schumer had a fit, but... Yeah, yeah. well, naturally. Uh, but that's uh, that's what the Founding Fathers wanted us to be able well, to they, do. Well, they wanted us to be able to hold our government accountable to us and not have the, the government lord over us because they were escaping that. That's the reason they fought the British crown was to get rid of the tyranny of the king. And they they knew they had to put a government in place, but they understood the 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 evils of such governments and they wanted the, to have the check in place all right i got a post here on facebook let's see you're not going to want to hear this but you are wrong about beto robert francis o'rourke uh he is correct what's the government creates it controls and the so-called church asks for permission to be a 501c3 it agrees to the rules the rules are not uh, abided by the government can take them away uh, take away their nonprofit status status it's already been ruled on by the so-called Supreme Court. Beto isn't saying anything that doesn't already exist, but it sounds crazy. Well, I would disagree with I you. I would disagree completely. Uh, first off, um, the income tax itself is un-American and should never have been passed. That's not it, my defense. It's extra-constitutional. Right. Well, it's actually constitutional because they did pass an amendment, but that's not my argument here. There is um, a freedom of religion that should protect religious rights and marriage in a church or a synagogue is a religious right and you cannot punish a, 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 ch a church for having its own religious rights uh, and and there is no law that protects gay marriage or gay bakers right so he wants to go beyond the constitution and beyond what is now accepted but is in con unconstitutional uh, law uh, so I think uh, Beto is wrong, uh, and I think what he's trying to do is punish religious institutions, something the Founding Fathers are probably spinning in their graves like they're attached to a Black & Decker drill right now. 874-9390, uh, the toll-free number is 800 
529-5572. Modern Arms, Larry Whalen brought in some fabulous firearms. We'll be getting to those a little later this morning. Up to date on some uh, classes from Joe with ActionTac.com. All right here in Gary and Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is 50, that's 5.0, 50 minutes after the hour. Uh, coming up, we'll chat about some of the firearms we got in here from Modern Arms. Over today. at the Brown Station location. Yeah, and and uh, you got one you're going to raffle off. We do. We got a raffle coming up. Yeah. Ooh, details to follow. Benefiting who? Uh, the Central Missouri Food Bank. Ooh, yeah. That's not, not a bad idea I mean, at all. Yeah. Food Bank of Northeast Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Gilbert is in Action Tac, Action Tactical. Uh, glad to have you on board. Dick's Sporting Goods in the news. Uh, not only have they stopped selling AR-15s and high-capacity magazines. <laughs> Made their shareholders proud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> During a Sunday interview with CBS, uh, the CEO revealed um, that they decided to scrap more than $5 million worth of AR-15s into scrap metal instead of uh, selling the stock. I said, you know what? If we really think these things should be off the street, we need to destroy them. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, if I'm a shareholder, I'm a little upset I'm, about that. I'm pretty yeah, proud I wonder if we can sell some to it. Yeah. What a good uh good good choice. Good use of that five million dollars. Yeah. Thanks for uh selling what, what do you get for scrap metal out of aluminum? I don't know, and steel. It's now that's the Australian plan. It's gotta be pennies on the dollar. Well, you know, if he really wants to get AR fifteens off the street, maybe he should use the resources of that place. To buy all of your AR-15s you in go. stock. Yeah, I'll sell them to them. That would break your up. heart, wouldn't it? No, I'd hate to sell them. That'd yeah. be terrible. Wait, yeah. that's what we're here for is to sell them now. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's, well, and, and you know, if, if I want to say uh, kudos to them, at least they had the, the, the cojones to go ahead and destroy them. Walmart wanted to be in the news cycle and said, oh, we're going to stop selling ammunition. Well, as soon as our contracts are up and as soon as we sell through our existing stock and, and that'll be months and months and we're really going to, you know, incrementally probably step it back up in a matter of just months. Just We wanted to be in the news cycle and yeah. say, yeah, us too, us too. Yeah, Academy Sports did the same thing yeah. not long ago. It's so political a, theater. He goes on to say, we probably get a little bit of backlash, but we didn't expect to get what we got. All this about, you know, how we're anti-Second Amendment, you know? We don't believe in the Constitution, and none of that could be further from the truth. We just didn't want to sell the assault-style weapons that could inflict that kind of damage. As of now, 125 of Dick's 729 stores no longer sell any type of firearms. He's considering making that a company-wide policy. So many people say to me, you know, if we do uh, what you want to do, it's not going to stop these mass shootings, said Stack. And my response is, you're probably right, it won't. But if we do these things, it saves one life, don't you think it's worth it? Well, that's a that's a common tactic. But, you know, over at Modern Arms, we're not dicks. That's uh, right. We, did, you know, we didn't do such a thing, and it, it, uh, we still sell the type of rifle you want to buy. It's right. available at Modern Arms. And so if selling one rifle saves one life, selling one rifle doing it. saves one life, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just, <clears throat> you know, if we banned all cars, that would save a life. That would save. That would save so many lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which oh, aren't constitutionally protected in any way. Yeah, yeah. You, you're right. Right. right yeah, to keep you, and bear automobiles. <clears throat> mm, haven't seen that one. No. 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 Okay. no. Yeah. So well, that could be easy, more easily done. Well, actually, it, it could. Yeah. Uh, Legislative. Economists right? always do uh, uh, this uh, 
diminishing returns study. <laughs> and then somebody might actually ride City of Columbia buses then. <laughs> <laughs> Only the electric one. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh, but if you did a, uh, a diminishing returns thing on, on just on uh, guns, mm -hmm. you would find that over a million people a year become victims because over a million people a year will brandish a weapon to repel a bad guy. Yeah. So, so the, you'd, you'd, you save one life, but how many thousands, if not you know, hundreds of thousands, do you lose? Right. Yeah, that, that apparently is a computation he's unable to make. Well, that one doesn't spin well in the media. So, you know, he's just, it's, it's a news cycle thing. They wanted to be at the top of the press. It cost him $5 million. It's probably cheaper than some of their ad campaigns, really, if you look at it. Well, this is good news for you. It is, because Walmart we're not stopped, dicks, and we still sell guns that you want to buy. <laughs> Walmart stopped <laughs> selling AR-15s in 2015. In August, they decided to stop selling some types of ammunition. Uh, so that's good for you. It is. We CBS, sell that type of ammunition. Kroger's and Walgreens have asked patrons not to open carry in their stores. You know, I don't like that kind of restriction, but at least if you're a concealed carry permit holder yeah. or you conceal carry, you can still go in. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the thing with that is, you know, that's fine. We decide whether or not we want to shop there, but they have property rights. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'll respect them, and we all should. We, you know, when we go out and try to make a political statement by scaring people, all we do is hurt ourselves. So, um, yeah, that, that they've got every right to do. Everybody had every right to do what they did. I just think in many cases uh, these were just foolish. Well, and the, the, the market shifts to the people willing to fill, to supply the, the, the products people want to buy. Yep. That's what we do at Modern Arms. And that's what yeah. you do. Yeah. That's right, yeah, at Modern Arms. <laughs> Brown Station uh, location. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Uh, I was asked a question about California and some of the laws uh, that they have passed. The governor is uh, signing anti-gun bills into law. Uh, and it, 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 I don't understand how they get away with this stuff. I don't understand how local governments get away with the things that they do. But at least with this, it is a Second Amendment uh, that's constitutionally protected. Mm -hmm. Today, Governor uh, uh, Newsom, this isn't today, this is uh, from the NRA, uh, they s signed seven anti-gun bills into law, continuing the assault on the Second Amendment rights in California. Uh, the new laws uh, pile onto the hundreds of existing laws and, like the others, will be equally ignored by criminals. Assembly Bill 12, sponsored by Assemblymember uh, Irwin, a Democrat, uh, would extend the duration of California's gun violence restraining order law from one year to a period of up to five years, meaning a person could be prohibited from owning or possessing a firearm for five years uh, at a time. Uh, and this without being adjudicated as dangerously mentally ill or convicted of a crime. For just receiving a restraining order. Yeah. No conviction. Any, you know, you, anybody could file one. Yeah. Uh, then there's Assembly Bill 61. This is, again, uh, a Democrat. Uh, his name is Ting. Uh, this would expand the list of eligible, uh, the, uh, the list of the list of those eligible to file gun violence restraining orders beyond the currently authorized petitioners, which include immediate family and law enforcement. The new list is expanded to employers, coworkers, employees of a secondary or post-secondary school that the person has attended in the last six months. Um, I mean, now you're talking about your cab driver, yeah. practically. Anybody uh, can uh, 
file legislation or file a, a complaint and you'd lose your gun rights. And they're signing these things. My gosh. I mean, they're... There's... What happened to due process? Well, what's that state on the, on the East Coast? If They've got like a traffic violation. So they ask, have you ever been convicted of a felony or a crime punishable by imprisonment for more than one year? Well, there are like speeding or some really basically minor traffic offenses somewhere on the Northeast, in the Northeast, where you can be sentenced over a year, thereby you are prohibited. From owning a firearm. Owning Losing firearm. gun rights for speeding. Because you drove yeah. recklessly. Yeah. Wow. The life you... Uh, so, I mean, what's the reason for it? It has to be a blatant attack on the Second Amendment. Yeah, because there's no connection between that and your likely uh, misuse of a firearm. But they're not done in California. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene. Uh, then there's Assembly Bill 879. Again, this is a Democrat. Mike uh, Gibson would require precursor firearms parts to be sold, transferred through a licensed precursor parts dealer in a similar process to the new laws regarding ammunition purchases. It would further create a registry of those parts uh, and a new crime for transfer of precursor parts without the involvement of a licensed precursor parts dealer to anyone under 21 years of age. Uh, so it sounds like they're attacking the Polymer 80 type, um, yeah. you know, build your own type kits. How about a block of billet aluminum? Yeah. So I need to see your precursor license, sir. <laughs> would that affect, do you think that would affect like uh, uh, trigger assemblies and things like that as well? The Westlake Spring Selection? I don't know. Would you well, have a precursor could be the raw materials. Yeah. It could be so, anything that goes into yeah. it. So it, you know, it could be a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. It? yeah. Um, but they, apparently the governor thought that was all right. You know, you would think with all the laws, all the anti-gun laws that they've passed in California, that it would be one of the most peaceful places in the world. Yeah, but criminals don't follow the law, Gary. That's one thing that the legislators and the people supporting the legislators don't understand. But it's a the, lesson. Only only the law-abiding citizens are going to follow any of these laws. The criminals don't care. They're criminals. Enforce the laws we have aggressively. Make it completely untenable to be in the criminal industry and then you'll see a shift away from violent criminals. But this should be a barometer for the rest of us to pay attention to. I'll explain what I'm saying because this is the way it's going to unfold nationally. I'll explain that next. Gary on Guns, 93.9 The